Welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI The Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week features a consultant who is passionate about the dining experience and has worked with far too numerous restaurants in New York City alone to mention. Um, she's got a very popular newsletter and is beloved by all of her clients from Arlene Spiegel and Associates based in New York City. Please welcome Miss Arlene Spiegel. Hi, Arlene. Hi, Wade. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we've we've known each other for a long time. I'm I'm so looking forward to getting to know you. We've always been kind of in that professional atmosphere, I guess you'd say. So this is going to be a little bit more personal. And I, I love this part of doing this show because I get to know everybody a little bit more personally than I do just Arlene Spiegel, the consultant. So today's a little bit more about Arlene Spiegel, the person itself. But, but don't worry, we're going to let you talk plenty about being a consultant. <laughs> um, to get started, though, tell me a little bit about your background, like wh- how you got started as a food service consultant, um, what kind of segments or what kind of particular uh, types of restaurants or types of industry do you work with? Well, the interesting thing is that um, this is the last place I thought I'd find myself uh, growing up. I really always wanted to go into law or uh, or some other profession because I came from three generations of restaurateurs. Uh, and growing up, uh, the last thing I wanted to do was go into a business where you had to work nights and weekends and holidays and When my friends were out playing, I was peeling carrots and making deliveries. So I kind of ran away from it for a while. But then as life happened uh, and I went to school, I realized that the restaurants, which I love the the passion of the restaurants, I love the food, I love the community of it. I just didn't like the hours and the uh, chaos of it. So um, I wound up leaving school and actually opening a restaurant, which I called my laboratory, which is Garden of Eating. And it was there that I learned the business and the organization and the infrastructure of operations. And so it became an award-winning restaurant and I was hooked. That was it. And through the years, in addition to owning and operating my own restaurants, I started getting requests to do consulting and to write columns and to help people. And I realized that I was able to kind of put the counseling, that whole background of the law, uh, into the food business. And it started out just with restaurants, but then it led to supermarkets, convenience stores, hotels. Uh, and uh, casinos. I work with Disney entertainment and sports clubs. And I guess wherever people um, create and prepare and serve and package and sell food, that's my world. It's an edible world. Absolutely. It's interesting you say, and I, and I think there's a couple things in there uh, that I want to call back to. And that is, if, if somebody has never worked in the restaurant industry, I don't think they have an understanding of how much of a controlled chaos it really is. It, it, it's, it may seem like when you're dining out that it's a, a well-tuned machine, but really, even as well-tuned as any restaurant it is, it really is controlled chaos, though, isn't it? Throughout well, the whole it is. thing. 
Because it's a business that has a lot of uh, uh, unpredictability. Um, uh, You could be uh, opening a restaurant or operating a restaurant and all of a sudden scaffolding goes up in front of your building (laughs) or there's a blizzard or a snowstorm or there's construction uh, or you wind up having uh, major competitors, you know, come in or landlord disputes. And that doesn't even have anything to do with the customer. Right, exactly. <laughs> with the guests. These are just the environmental uh, issues. And then, of course, uh, you know, regulations, regulations, regulations and, and uh, minimum wage and all the HR issues, the technology um, if you are not uh, adaptable and flexible and really love what you're doing, uh, it's one of the roughest business to be in. But on the other end, it's also some of the most rewarding memories yeah. I'll ever have in my life have taken yeah. place in a food and beverage operation. Yeah, it's so many, so many of these interviews I do, everybody talks about, it's amazing how many consultants say they try to get away from the industry. They, they, di- they didn't want to be in the food service industry, but yet we always get sucked back into it. Even myself, I left, you know, I worked for FCSI in the nineties and then I left and I ended up coming back. And I even joke myself that I've tried to leave it and even got sucked back into it, even though technically I'm not in the food service industry. It is a great industry, though, where you meet so many great friends and have so many relationships. And so I think that's why we always get sucked back into it. It's the glamour of that restaurant. Everybody loves a good dining out experience. And it becomes it's communal. Everybody gets around the table and you get to know each other that way or whether you get to celebrate or whatever the situation is that you're having dinner. Well, you know, the one thing um, that I found with being in the restaurant business, especially when I was owning and operating restaurants, is that it's an amazing opportunity to really do some good things. You know, we can't change the world. We certainly can't change elections. Uh, You know, (laughs) there are so many things that we don't have control over. So so I found that uh, even 25 years ago when I had my own restaurants, I started a mentorship program and an organization called Women in Food Service because I found that the restaurant world, because of the so many hours and so many skills that we needed, was a a, a great um, environment for maybe women whose kids went off to school or, or and they needed to be back by three o'clock. Well, these are women who could work, you know, the breakfast and lunch hour. Yeah. Um, and and it was also for a lot of people who didn't know what to do. They didn't have any education. And I would say to them, have you ever planned a meal? Have you ever gone shopping and made a purchasing or, or, or a shopping list? Have you ever served entertained or made a party in your home and they all went yes I said well then you're in the restaurant business <laughs> exactly. and uh, and I gave a lot of women who are very well known right now uh, their start just in my own restaurant um, uh, well another, yeah it, it was really well done and I think also um, I was always very interested in providing hope and opportunity and I employed many immigrants who came here legally and started out as dishwashers and wound up 
in a few years managing the restaurants and, and being quality control experts. So how many positions can you have where you can give that to somebody where you can actually say come work with me and I will give you hope and opportunity and skills that you can then go on and do whatever you want yeah well so you've talked a lot about the influence you've had on a lot of others tell me a little bit about yours who who or or what's been your greatest influence in your life then well uh, I would have to say that, you know, after <laughs> after I became a parent and I had young children, um, I, I think the greatest influence for me uh, was actually the children themselves. And for some reason, you know, I guess we all become jaded and see things through a very, you know, narrow focus. But um, I started to listen to them and see the joy that they had over a lot of simple things. And, uh, and it made me realize that, you know, I needed to look at the world in, in a much deeper, more simple way as well. And I carry that with me wherever I go. I go, well, what is that person seeing? It's almost like looking at a painting and everyone sees something else from it. But when you have children and you have the joy of their innocence and their delight, uh, and their facial expressions, it makes you realize that you need to be more in touch. And they influence me. I try to bring a nice. fresh eye to every project, uh, to every relationship, to every interview I do, to every client. Um, I, I, I'm open. I, I feel like I want to look in their eyes and, I mean, you know, tell me more. Tell me what will give you success. Not me success, but I learned that from my children. Nice. Very good. That's a great influence. Uh, I, as a parent myself, I agree. They see the world through a completely separate set of lenses that as a parent, you just don't realize you're going to see as well. And you get to live all of that, live through that all again. Um, what is, as a management consultant, you get called into a, a lot of different scenarios. What's the most common mistake or common situation that maybe you get called into to help fix? Well, I think the biggest mistake is when I get called in too late. <laughs> I would say that if you spoke to almost any consultant, especially one that, that does, you know, more on the, uh, the management, the concept development, the menu engineering, uh, the branding, uh, which is really my forte, uh, sometimes I get called in too late. So, so they would call in, uh, let's say a company wants to do a, a corporate cafeteria mm-hmm. or, uh, or a little gym upper west side you know, neighborhood restaurant, very often they'll call in an architect or they'll call in and then even a food service consultant like many of our colleagues to design the kitchen. And then, oh, well, wait a minute, we need a menu. We need to understand how people are going to move in and out of the space. We need to understand if we're going to be doing takeout and delivery. Are we going to be, uh, you know, baking overnight? Uh, Who's the marketing company? How are we going to let people know we exist? Where's the visual design, the lighting? So all of those elements I need to be sitting at the table right. in the very beginning, right. because you know, because you know, even where you put a sink 
can change a whole whole flow of a line. And it's very often the simple thing. So what I do um, is I always wear uh, kind of three hats that I bring to any project. The number one hat I wear is the guest hat. Okay, what is the guest experience going to be? Because that's really the outcome of everything. Every other decision is, is about the guest. Then I think about the operator, you know, what are we going to do to make this operation as successful and as effective and efficient as, as possible? Uh, and, and then the, the third thing that I think about is, is the, you know, is the investors also. Yeah. And, and, you know, what is the scalability and how will these investors get paid back? A lot of them is sometimes family and friends. Right. So I, I feel there's a, you know, a responsibility to do things for the guest, for the operator, and also for the other stakeholder, which is usually the bank or the family and friends that invested in it. So that's a great point. Leading from that uh, segues right into my my question for you next is based on all three of those, actually, they're all being affected right now by uh, a pandemic that we've been going through um, and still going through. Um, What do you hope? I mean, obviously, your city, New York City, has been affected severely by this. Uh, What do you hope your city looks like in 2022 and beyond? How does it come out of uh, of a pandemic? Well, um First of all, uh, when I think about a pandemic, I mean, I think about what we went through after Mm 9-11. You know, usually there's an event or an episode that's very tragic and it takes a couple of weeks or a month. And then, you know, New York in particular is very, very resilient and we're, we're back again. This is not the same thing. This is going to be with us for a long time. And I think that it's going to permanently alter the way all of us think about gathering, whether it's going to a Broadway show or or sitting inside a dining room. Um, But what I think uh, is that although it's going to be different, I think it's even going to be more special because I think that we all feel the sense of loss, that we took so many things for granted. And now just going out for a simple dinner, sitting inside or even outside a restaurant now in some of these beautiful uh, facades that are being put up on the sidewalks, uh, we appreciate it. And and I think we're willing to pay more for it. And it also uh, I I see, you know, more of a, a deeper and sincere appreciation for restaurants now nice. and for servers and for bartenders and for delivery people. Yeah. And they, they become much more top of mind than they ever did. So it'll be different, but I think it'll be better and more meaningful. Great. I, well, I hope so. I think that's a, a great way to look at it too. I, and I agree with you that we are definitely going to appreciate more as we come out of everything that we've been going through for the last however many months now. Uh, seems like it's forever, but I know it hasn't been. So, for the last thing I want to do to wrap up our interview, I want to kind of do a fun little uh, thing with you and that do a quick speed round, if you will. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a list of things and I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind after I say the word. Okay. So are you, are, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Perfect. What do you think of when I say scope creep? Losing money. <laughs> <laughs> what about RFP? Pain in the neck, but necessary. <laughs> Your favorite cocktail? A um, old-fashioned cosmopolitan. Nice. Uh, Cook in or order takeout? Cook in. Favorite curse word? 
Can I say it? Of course. <laughs> well, it, it, it's WTF. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you couldn't even bring yourself to say it. That's awesome. Do it. Uh, your favorite junk food? Uh, uh, chocolate covered almonds. Is that that bad, though? No. Uh, it's not bad, but. It's no. oh, I would have to say chips. Okay, but fair enough. Karaoke or lip sync? Lip sync. All right. <laughs> your what's your favorite type of music? I like Broadway show music. Oh, nice. Uplifting, of course. Happy. New, yeah. Well, New York City, you have to be. I mean, yeah. you've lived there all your life. It's 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 part of your DNA. It has to be there. Yeah, and, um, and I, I I still go to you know my old albums, you know my Elton Johns, and nice. uh, uh, I, I still I. I love music. I almost always have it on in the background. Nice. What about last gift you gave somebody? Actually, it's a cookbook. Uh, Ina Garten's new cookbook, which is comfort food. Nice. Um, I actually just gave it. But, uh, but you know, speaking of books, though, that, that to me is if you're going to be any kind of consultant, especially in this ever-changing world, you really need to do a tremendous amount of reading. You need to be curious. You need to understand trends and markets and technology and so you know reading music uh cooking nice. that's my life what about favorite holiday thanksgiving double dipping in food yes or no no <laughs> no cake or pie cake toilet paper over roll or under roll over <laughs> Gee, we're getting very intimate here. Exactly. What about, the okay, last one is FCSI. Brilliant. And so appreciated this year. Uh, I, I actually feel closer to my colleagues, even though we haven't had group events and we haven't gone to restaurant shows and all the wonderful things we would be looking forward to, especially in November. You know, we would be in New York at, at the restaurant show. We would be, uh, you know, having our consultants appreciation dinners. I would be checking out the new equipment and the new combi ovens and, you know, all the great things. And and, and by uh, FCSI has provided so much access to so many of our uh, our allied members who have brought their equipment right onto my screen, right into my office. Uh, and, and FCSI has literally been the glue that has kept all of us together in the industry. And I've made some new friends that I maybe have never would have met before. So Great. thank you. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Is, so that, that kind of wraps up for us. Is there anything that you want to promote or any last words you'd like to give out to our viewers before we sign off? To me, restaurants and any place there's a, a gathering and dining, we need to invest in it. We need to put whatever energy and resources and hope and, and spirit we can into making it thrive again. Because in this world where everyone is so distracted, coming together and breaking bread and being part of a family, part of a community is still the best nourishment for your soul. Well said, well said. Well. This wraps up uh, this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. If you uh, enjoyed today's episode, please help us spread the word. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe to the channel. Uh, check back next week when we uh, feature another FCSI member consultant. Until then, cheers. Cheers.